Welcome to a ride on the outside. MMA is full of people on the inside, but what about the ones that watch from beyond? Welcome to the MMA Outsiders with Tom Albano and Zan Bando on the Empty the Bench Podcast Network. Well, Tom, it's been a minute, and I have to say, it's good to be back in my rightful host chair. This is episode 47 of the MMA Outsiders, and I have to say, as we are coming up on the soon-to-be anniversary of the pilot episode, this has to be the biggest episode in the history of the show, and I'm very, very excited to be here with you um, this morning. Tom, how are, how are you today? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I feel a little refreshed, which is kind of needed because we have... You're right, Sam. It is the biggest show in our history because it it literally is because it's not... Yes, look at that title. That's not a joke, those of you who are watching or listening to this. Part one. This is not one part. No, not one. Two. Two part episode. Not one. Two. Yeah, it's two parts, and uh, just so you know, there is going to be a twist in part two, for st- so stay tuned uh, for that. For those of you who don't know, my name is Dan Bando. I'm a staff writer for BJPen.com. Um, you can also find my work over with Bellator for, for the Bellator rankings panel. We'll get into all of the Bellator means here in a little bit. There is Tom, my co-host to my left. You can find his work over at Fansided MMA. He's a contributor there pumping out every single major fight card recap that you could possibly think of. And of course, before we get into the show, be sure to like and subscribe. Be sure to follow the Empty the Bench Podcast Network across all social media platforms. And then, of course, you can follow me at Zambano99, and you can follow Tom at Thomas J. Albano. And for those of you who are who are tuning into the show for the, for the first time or have not tuned in uh, for a while, there's a little bit of a new format to the show. It's one-hour shows. And if we need multiple parts, there is going to be a part one and a part two, as Tom described. So, Tom, let's get right into it, because this is the combat sports extravaganza of all extravaganzas to right. close out the, uh, July of 2023. Wait, what, did, what, what did we say? We've constantly said it for the past couple months as the, these events got announced. July 29th was going to be the craziest weekend in combat sports this year so far. And, well, here it is. It's on its way. It's this Saturday. Combat Sports Heaven, UFC 291, uh, Crawford versus Spence, an undisputed championship fight, undefeated versus undefeated. Bellator Ryzen having their second crossover card. You've got also <laughs> our boy Lucien Kieta looking to become the champ champ in Octagon MMA. There's all that and more. But Zan, you know what? I'm going to reveal the twist for part two right now. Because in part two... I'm going to be joined by Dylan Rush of Cage Side Press. And the reason that he is going to be here, originally, Zan, he was just going to fill in for you. I was just He was just going to be a guest host. But now there's even more of a reason, which is something I want to touch on. We'll touch on it more tomorrow when Dylan joins us. However, I think we need to talk about it because it's a it's a story that won't be talked about so much right now when we've got all those events coming up. But it is a very major deal. So, for sure, per Dylan Rush of Cage Side Press, Bellator is pushing to have Bellator 300 in October, potentially in San Diego around its backyard. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Okay, what's the big deal? This is just another fight card announcement. Here's where the catch lies in. 
obviously, Zan, we have talked for a little while now about the potential of a sale of Bellator, potentially to the Professional Fighters League. Stand Em Up, which is a popular Instagram account for mixed martial arts on the social media pages, Zan, you're more aware of them than I am. Uh, I am. He actually grew their following to 100,000 followers in less than a year. It's absolutely insane. I don't know what I don't know what they did, and I know it's all organic. But seriously, for those of you who don't know what's in the Muppies, look them up on Instagram. After you listen to this, absolutely elite content on the level of freak MMA. So shout out to them for helping Dylan out with this because. What what an absolutely phenomenal report! If it if it wasn't for them, I, I don't think this story would would be public at this very minute. <laughs> By the way, stand them up, and you said, <laughs> <"Look them up." laughs> <laughs> "I know I had to." <laughs> All right, here's here's the post that they put to their social media pages. Stand them up. This comes from July 14th, so right as we were about ready to take our break last week. PFL buying Bellator seems like a done deal. It's not 100% sure if it's going to be a co-promotion or if PFL will take Bellator over completely. Last Bellator event will possibly be in Dublin in September. Of course, that's Bellator 299. Uh, That's Bellator 299, which is actually going to be headlined by the middleweight title fight between Evelyn and Edwards. However, as mentioned... So that's kind of why the big kicker is with uh, Dylan Rush's story is that there's a potential with no other fight announcements that Bellator 299 in Dublin in September could be the final card. According to Dylan Rush, Bellator, in spite of all the sale talks, is pushing forward and they are looking to have Bellator 300 for this fall, potentially in October, which he does note could potentially be the final card in Bellator's history. So we are on the precipice end of potentially, you know, I mean, it's the end of an era for sure. We, we know it's going to be the end of an era. We just don't know if it's the end of an era with PFL taking over and they run the two promotions separate, a la a UFC and Strikeforce before Strikeforce closed, a la the original plans, quote unquote, before it all fell through with UFC and Pride. Or if this is just going to be a thing where PFL absorbs them, all the fighters and such into promotion, and Bellator is potentially no more. Yeah, I mean, uh, if this were to happen, this would be uh, an an era, an end of an era for uh, for parts of our careers for you and for I, is for a lot of the Bellator fighters that you and I have interacted with over the years. This is how we and many other uh, MMA media uh, personalities and journalists got our start was by going to these Bellator events and talking to these fighters. So th- this is a very interesting development, and it's certainly interesting because I think this is seriously no bias that Bellator has the best PR team in all of MMA. So it will be interesting to see how this is swiftly handled. I really do hope it is your first option that you presented, which is them – uh, running separately, but them having some sort of a partnership. But I could also see the other side where PFL just absorbs them, which clearly, if that were to happen, then they would be clearly the, the number two MMA promotion in the world if they aren't already with all of their newest acquisitions. Honestly, I could also, you know, seeing it be a situation where, you know, maybe maybe Scott Coker and 
uh, Ray Seppo have a deal or, or, or Don Davis, if you will. And it, it could also just be a library purchase similar to what the UFC uh, and Pride's relationship ended up being. I think there's a lot of avenues as to which it could go, regardless of what does happen, though. The day that, it, that this news like fully does materialize, it'll be a monumental day in the world of uh, MMA. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, who that number two promotion ends up being if it's not already PFL. So, yeah, uh, I, Zan, you're basically right when you say it's going to be a monumental day. I'm very certain that you and I will probably be doing some sort of breaking news stream the day that that deal becomes official. Oh, 100%. Def- yeah. I'm definitely going to be talking to Dylan tomorrow. I want to get his thoughts on what he thinks is the better option and the more realistic option. Because on one hand, uh, on the one hand, you do want more promotions out there. You know, you know, Zam, my take on it, more promotions means more opportunities for fighters. And therefore I do want to see a promotion like Bellator remain around at the same time. Zan, we have talked about, and again, I'm not saying this on any of my part with my PFL affiliation, which also, by the way, I should, clarify i think i've clarified it before talking about the story i've clarified it again i have no inside information about any sort of deal zan i think you even said on your end in our dms that you have no information on your end with your connection nope. with bellator no nope, so- i actually nope i actually got it i actually got a no comment from bellator when i reached out about the whole website controversy which is a whole another story within itself Right, I was so, gonna say, which, which that whole thing seems to be an. The only reason I say that's a non-story is because they put Jose Canseco's profile on the UFC website, and I mean, come on, I, I, unless Jose Canseco is going to fight at UFC 300, and we just don't know about it. Very true, good point. I was also going to say you brought up a very good point just a minute ago about how uh, more promotions means more opportunities for the fighters. One thousand percent agree. It also means more opportunities for the fighters to get covered by the likes of you or I or several other media members that are is starting out. So I think more promotions, the better it is for all parties involved, whether you're a fighter or a promoter, a member of the media, or even or even a fan. So thing, as I was going to say, though, Zan, at the same time, we have talked about PFL is going to need fighters, you know as they try to get the super fight division with the likes of Francis Ngannou and Jake Paul off of the ground and to get, you know, a pay-per-view for the summer of 2024, that would be headlined, you would assume, by Francis Ngannou and then maybe a second that gets headlined by Jake Paul. You are going to need fighters for that for that uh, division of sorts. And you think, Zan, you know, the likes of the Pitbull brothers, the likes of A.J. McKee, Ryan Bader might be perfect for that kind of division. Hell, Ryan Bader could potentially be, Zan, just thinking about it now, a potential opponent for Francis Ngannou in the wake of an acquisition. Yeah, this could also even, this acquisition could mean um, a Bellator versus PFL supercard to determine who the number two promotion in the world is. A very well... it could it could very well be that way for sure, and I think too. On the on the topic of Bellator three hundred, I think there's no way you don't do Bellator three hundred in San Diego without Bellator three hundred being some sort of pay per view. Do you do you not? That's tough because Bellator has tried pay per view twice. 
they tried it with the um, Quinn Rampage Jackson King Mo rematch, and they tried it with the New York City card, and nothing has come of that since. I wouldn't mind. Granted, I would not mind a Bellator 300 as a pay-per-view, but Zan, if Bellator 300 is really the end, and they really are doing it in San Diego, and they're doing a pay-per-view, you got to go all out. You are going to have to go all out with probably the biggest card that you possibly could do, which on that, Zan, would also mean I don't know about an October, an October date. Now, what could be interesting, because I'm thinking about potential October dates in my head, uh, you already got October 28th, which is going to be taken up by uh, Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury. I could see them doing it the day before. I could see him doing it the day before. I could see, Zan, this would be crazy. This would be crazy to do for a pay-per-view, but even if they don't do it as a pay-per-view, October 21st, the UFC is going to do be in Abu Dhabi, which is going to mean an early pay-per-view time. So you're going to have the prime time slot all to yourself. Good point. And and it also depends that, on uh, what also could, depends on if Showtime has anything planned on the boxing front, which it looks like they don't at the moment. So, right, and and then Zan, I mean, worst case scenario, you got the twenty first with Abu Dhabi, and then Engano uh, Engano Fury the twenty eighth, MSG November eleventh with Jones and Stipe. But then November fourth, there's a clear, you know, there's a clearing for you. Worst comes worst case scenario, you know yeah, that. for sure. Um, okay, so kind of with that said, and obviously for those of you listening that are that are a little bit confused, this is all just speculative. We have we have no idea what Bellator three hundred could even remotely look like. Um, but I, I don't know. The the thing to me that's surprising about a San Diego location is with their headquarters being in San Jose, I'm a little bit surprised San Jose it wasn't it could it could very well be included and we just don't know but to me i would have i would have i would have suspected uh just given their ties to new york and how they tried to do a bigger new york card and it actually was halfway decent i was surprised that new york isn't one of the options and uh honestly i am a little i am a little biased but uh bellator 300 in chicago sounds pretty good too. <laughs> uh, I- well, Zan, I'm going to give you an answer to that. I think, okay, off of my, I just think coming off of what I'm seeing from Dylan's article, the no comments, right? I think Bellator is trying to give off this perception of the everything is fine. You know, everything is business as usual. We're going to do Bellator 300, 301. I feel like they're trying to give that off. Am I wrong? You, you know, am I- no, you're, no, you're not wrong. And I think if you are a Bellator hardcore fan, that's what you want. You want to hope that, you know, there is a 301 and there is a 302 and there's an expansion into other women's divisions and all of these things that we've been clamoring for ever since we established the show about a year ago. You know, if, if you're a Bellator fan, that's exactly what you want, for sure. So, there is all that. And the other thing I was going to say before, Zan, just to kind of put a bow on the story and we'll go more into it when I'm with uh, Dylan tomorrow. For is sure, that, is that uh, even if PFL absorbs Bellator fully, technically you could do a PFL Bellator supercard on ESPN Plus or ESPN or ESPN Plus pay per view. You still could do that and have the 2023 champions. You know, obviously Bellator and PFL don't match up with every division, but the ones who do, you could have headline some sort of card in March or 
on the Francis Ngannou card, have the 2023 champs fight the final Bellator champions. Yeah, that would make a whole lot of sense because then that way you wouldn't have to do another and free and it would make life a lot easier. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely down for a scenario like that 1000% for sure. And you could have on a you could have unofficial title unification matches. For sure. And it would be like a, it would be like a closing of the chapter that you know, quite frankly, no disrespect to the UFC or Pride, but one of those ones that, you know, the UFC or Pride um, really never got, and when it did, the fights took place a little bit too late. Would you? Would you not? Would you not agree with that? You're talking about the two UFC Pride unofficial unification bouts, right? One thousand percent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was good to have the closure with the UFC Pride thing. You just wish, given the circumstances that Pride ended, you wish it could have been on a better platform. You wish it could right have been on better circumstances. Right, and you also wish. Looking back, that Chuck Liddell versus Wanderlei Silva was for the light heavyweight title and not yeah. a, and, and not a non-title fight in 2007. But that's another crazy discussion for another day. But that is the major breaking news that Tom and Dylan will gladly break down tomorrow. Why we'll why we'll sit in the back and watch that all unfold. But I'm very glad that we're going to have Dylan up and for this exclusive. And Tom, you're definitely the perfect person to do it so we will let Dylan have the floor and break down you know how he got to where he got to with this story it's without the biggest story he's reported in his year or so of being MMA journalist so shout out to him for that and uh, it's definitely a story that's in the works and we'll continue to develop and we'll do our best to cover it um, as thoroughly and as accurately as we can for sure yeah so basically sum it all up I mean that story with Bellator PFL and it has legs, and those legs are growing. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get into this weekend, Zan, once and for all. all right, we got so it. much to talk about. I can't believe we're finally here. Let's get right into it. UFC 291, let's start with that, because, of course, that has multiple fights compared to the one boxing fight we're going to talk about. So <laughs> let's start with the UFC fights first. Main event, the BMF belt is back. Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, they first fought April 2018, put on a barn burner, an absolute classic in the octagon with Poirier coming out on top with a finish in the middle of the fight. I think it was fourth round finish for Poirier. They both are interim. Zan, if you have the side-by-side comparison, they've been doing this on Twitter. They've got a lot, you know, like they've got the the similar if not the same record in their last eight they're both interim former interim champs they both lost to Khabib by submission in their unification bouts it's so the parallels between these two are so similar they're both fighters who are popular that love to stand and bang these are these are guys who just are beloved by the MMA community and now they get to do it again and this time Jorge Masvidal is going to strap the BMF belt on one of these two. Oh, 1,000%. First off, I'll never forget where I was for 48 Gaethje. One, I was in the San Francisco hotel room watching that fight while a bunch of my high school classmates decided to go to dinner. And I I decided to to stay back and watch the main event. And to this day, it's one of the best fights I've ever seen live on television. So it's nice to see that we're getting it. Um, about five years later, number one and number two, you want to talk about two mirror images of each other? This, 
this is the fight. And you want to talk about commonalities. One thing I wanted to add was the number of common opponents that used to have between each other is the most absurd uh, factoid going into this whole fight that, I've, quite frankly, I've ever seen with the singular main event in all my years of watching MMA. And I, I know yeah. that's a bold statement, but it, it is it is absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, Zan, just Khabib, Michael Chandler, Eddie Alvarez. So that that's three. That's three already. That's abs- that are absolutely huge. Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira, right? Yeah, that's another. That's another big one. And then um, are we? Uh, it, it's not. Uh, it's not uh, Michael. Ch- and we're is it because? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, the only one that they don't have in common, surprisingly, is Conor McGregor, which is... <laughs> I, thought, I thought, like, last year, two years ago, we were going to get a Conor McGregor versus Justin Gaethje fight eventually, but I guess uh, I guess Conor don't want that smoke. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I guess, uh, I guess this is part one, if you want to call it that, of a mini four-man tournament, you of Islam Makhachev fighting Charles Oliveira in Abu Dhabi. This is the other side of that coin. Um, it's going to make for a very interesting conclusion, with, and this fight is finally in the books. I will say this. This fight will not be boring. If you are just a casual MMA fan, and you have never seen either of these two fight, this is without a doubt the fight for you. There's no way it'll be boring. Number one and number two, I don't see this going the full five. I see Poirier's gas tank just being a little bit better. And I see Gaethje getting finished late in the fourth round. But I will say this. It'll be a very close fight either way. This fight's going to stay strictly standing. I don't think we'll need any wrestling in this one. And I think it's a fight of the year candidate. I think I think it's a fight of the decade candidate. I think this is a all-time great fight where when we look back on it, you will never forget where you were when this fight took place. That's a strong statement, but Zan, I absolutely agree with you that this is going to end up being a fight of the year candidate. And we're not far removed from coming off of another fight of the year candidate. Another like two or three fight of the year candidates just happened earlier this month, and we're probably going to get another this weekend. This is probably going to be the greatest month in 2023 for the UFC. Yeah, if you want to describe the the month of July in mixed martial arts, the only word that you can describe it with is hellacious. That's what that's what it that's what it was. I I like that word hellacious. Just to hell and back, we have gone with this, and these two are going to go to hell and back when they meet in the octagon for the second time. And Zan, a hundred percent agree with you on Poirier. Poirier is my pick. Now, granted, that's not because I have met and talked with Justin Poirier and he's just a very cool guy. It is also a matter of, Zan, you look at that first fight and mm-hmm. think of the kind of styles that Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje have. They both like to stand and bang, as I said before. They're both willing to empty their gas tank. I just think, Zan, we have seen more with Dustin Poirier over the last several years with his gas tank and abilities. You think back to that Dan Hooker fight, he was down 0-2, comes all the way back to win that fight. You think of him and Eddie Alvarez fighting, and that the rematch, of course, not the first one that ended in the no contest, but that rematch that they had in Canada and Poirier absolutely starching him. Not long, Zan, like half a year after, yeah, I think it was half a year after Eddie Alvarez 
finish Justin Gagey. Those yeah, two it, before and yeah, and I which I was which I was actually lucky enough to be in attendance for. It's one of the it's one of the greatest fights I've ever seen. Really, <laughs> go to that fight. Yeah, I was at I was thankfully at Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gagey in Detroit the same night that Francis Ngannou knocked out Alistair Overeem. Oh my god! <laughs> so you got to experience a lot of fun because that card was amazing. Uh, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gaethje—they they had a grueling kind of war, but Gaethje lost. Poye Poye beat him, and we have seen Zan. Let's let's put it this way: the longer th- we have seen Gaethje come out on top in a unanimous decision before, you think to that Tony Ferguson fight, but. I think it's safe to say, Zan, ever since that fight with Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson has not been the kind of fighter that he once was. And we'll get into Ferguson in a little bit when we get into his fight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, the win, the two wins over Connor, the fact that he lasted longer against Khabib, nearly finished Khabib. If Poirier had tightened that ghillie a little further, who knows where, you know, the MMA <laughs> could have gone. Yeah, I know, just the ghillie. It's but crazy. My point, point Sand, is we've seen more of Dustin Poirier, and I think he has just that much more experience. Yes, they're both former interim champions, but I think Poirier has more main event experience, more main event caliber, better title fights. I, I, I gotta go with the, all of that. I'm, I think Poirier is gonna have the momentum. I'm going to side with Poirier on this one. It's an outstanding prediction, and. Uh... And uh, if we haven't emphasized it enough, there's no way this fight will be boring. And uh, I'm, I'll, I'll be quite honest. I'm really bummed. It, it's in Salt Lake City, but for the people who are going, I, they are going to have an absolute blast. That's for that's for sure. <laughs> I'm going to say third or fourth round finish. Okay, I'm sticking with fourth round TKO about two twenty. Let's go. Let's go two twenty six exactly in the in oh, the fourth round. Exact time too. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if I'm. Let's see if I'm dead on the nose right or very or very very close. <laughs> if 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 you get it on the nose, I'm going to go up to my to my room's window out here and I'm just gonna scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never gotten an exact time of a fight right before. So let's let's hope let's hope it's actually correct. And I just, I'm very confident that this fight is going to be one of the best fights of the year. Quite frankly, one of the best fights that we will see for quite some time in the next five or ten years. We'll be definitely looking back on it 1,000%. Of course, in the co-main event, we have the unofficial, as I'm going to say, we have the unofficial UFC white heavyweight title fight. No, this is not this is not for a championship, but I yeah. have to put it that that that's something I got to talk with Dylan tomorrow too. By the way, if you have been sleeping under the rock since we've been gone, yeah, there's no more light heavyweight champion either. Jamal Hill is now injured. We thought so. I want to actually reference what Sam was talking about. The UFC apparently somebody in the advertising department made a little whoopsie and in their, in their marketing towards uh, bars to get the fight, you know, in the bars and such. Advertised two title fights for UFC 291, which led people. Now, granted, we just came off of UFC 290, which had two title fights, so maybe you know they did they did a copy paste and forgot to edit. But it gets some think, some speculation and thinking that this was going to turn into a title fight. But uh, yeah, alas, which, which the, I, 
Yeah, yeah, which I think would have gotten us both majorly, majorly excited. <laughs> I um, mean, the light heavyweight scene, Zan, I'm just, I know you're not going to be on tomorrow. I know we're, we got, you know, we got to get through things, but just the light heavyweight division's cursed. No, it is 1,000% cursed, dating all the way back to November of last year when we did our prompt-to breaking news stream when all the stuff with Ankalaev um, occurred, and now it's coming back to bite the division in the ass, so to speak, and uh, it's, ha- it's it's happening again. Further further delays. This fight is super super big in terms of ramifications for the division. And you want to talk about a fresh face to the light heavyweight division? Al- uh, uh, Alex Pereira is absolutely it, and uh, he's coming in with a vengeance. And this fight, like the main event, is not going to be boring. This one won't go the distance either. I. D- we see Jan surprisingly finishing uh, Pereira, but I uh, I will say this: do, do not be surprised. <laughs> I, I I will say this: do not be surprised. Do not be surprised if, in less than a minute, we are looking at the number one light heavyweight title and or being the former UFC middleweight champion. I think this fight could go multiple ways. I just think experience is going to trump everything. Jan is a former champion. I don't see how he loses. I, and this is Pereira's uh, light heavyweight debut. So it's going to be very interesting. I just know that no matter what, whoever wins this fight, the light heavyweight division is going to be back. It's going to be fresh. However, I do think the UFC is banking on Pereira to win. It's ultimately in mid-2024. They want to make sure that Izzy versus Alex Five is for, <laughs> <laughs> is for the light heavyweight championship. All right. Well, let me ask you a question before I get into my prediction. Okay. It, because you're saying the UFC is banking. If okay. Alex Pereira fails to win this fight and Jan Blachowicz does get the win, are you expecting that Jan versus Yuri will be booked? <laughs> or, or is this a case of you think if Jan wins, the UFC has no other choice but to give Ankalaev the title shot in spite of them not being a fan of his, or are both things true? Well, no, I think both can be true, but I think the only fight you can make uh, realistically, given everything that's happened, is you have to do Jan versus Yuri. Technically, none of this was Yuri's fault. Yuri got injured. He's been out for a very long time, and so is Jamal Hill. I think in order to get the division moving again, you give it to the guy who never lost his title in the octagon. That's, oh, what you that's not what I was talking about, Sam. What I was talking about is Ankaliyev beat Jan by, I mean, they went to a split draw. But right. people thought that Ankaliyev beat Jan. Even Jan said it himself. Yep. But Dana was so pissed off about the fight that he booked a, a title fight the next month. Jamal Hill won. In other words, what I'm saying is if Jan wins based on all that's happened, you know, is it right to just completely leave Ankaliyev as this, you know, as the left as the one left out in all of this, because it feels like he should be owed a title shot. No, he should. But I'm just saying though, if you're a Yuri, you're hoping you can get one because technically you didn't lose the belt in the octagon. You okay, lost no, Dan, Dan. I'm saying do you if Jan wins because most do you have to book Yuri versus Magomed Ankalaev? Probably, even though the UFC is probably gonna hate it. Yeah, because there's no way. I mean, I because I feel like Jan, a Jan victory is just going to lead to Yuri versus Jan, which again isn't right because 
Well, I mean, again, and James Lynch has talked about this. Ariel Helwani has talked about it. where is Ankalaya? He has just fallen off the face of the earth after after losing all that favor with the UFC with that fight, which is kind of BS on the UFC's part. But you know how Dana is sometimes. Oh, for sure, absolutely. And um, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say. Um, I mean, I I really do think the UFC is treating this like okay. Hey, whoever wins is going to be the number one contender now. Oh, it's just, it's confusing because you're not going to make everybody happy. So you're, you're talking about Jan versus Yuri. Then therefore, what do you do with Jamal? You, do you give him now whoever, um, whoever should have fought uh, to, to begin with? Because now I think you're putting Jamal in a conundrum where he's either not going to have an opponent or he, he's hoping that, something happens that opens the door. Do you see my argument? I do. I do. And that's a tough one. But Zan, ultimately, none of it's going to matter because I disagree with you on this one. I think as much as I I think it's going to be interesting to see how Pereira handles Jan's power, I think Alex Pereira has showcased power at light heavyweight. Granted, the kickboxing light heavyweight and MMA light heavyweight are two different kind of classes, but we've seen Pereira's power and I've backed Pereira before and was called crazy and you saw what happened. So I'm going to do it again. I say Pereira finishes Jan Blachowicz and then the UFC gets his wish and gets to put Pereira in another title fight. Okay. Now the big question is who is Pereira going to fight? That's the, that's the question. Yeah, yeah, you're, you are ultimately right in that you can't deny Yuri the next title shot, even with the circumstances that are right now. So is it going to be Jamal Hill versus Magomed then? I, it depends on J- Jamal Hill's recovery. It's 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 an uh, ACL sprain or something like that. No, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying when he's healthy, is it the right time to book uh, him and Ankawaya? Or are you going to make Magomed really wait that long? That's another. That's another question. Here's what I think you do. I think as soon as possible, you book Jan. I mean, you book Yuri versus Pereira, and then okay, winner right. of that fight defends against Magomed, winner of that fight, fights Jamal. Okay. I think that's what's So so then you're saying by mid-2024, we're going to have this all cleaned up. That's the... the, Maybe end of 2024. Okay. Okay. I won't... I won't won't go, you know, I still see it's going to take some time. Uh, Moving on, just to get, 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 uh, get us a little moving on. Okay, let me explain this fight. Originally, Paulo Costa was going to fight Ikram on this card. However, Paulo Costa, for those who are unaware, has now accepted a fight to be the co-main event of the Abu Dhabi card against the returning Hamza Chimaev. So Ikram has also been moved to that card with a different opponent. So now, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Michelle Pereira gets moved on the prelims into the main card. Yeah, and this should have been in the main card anyway. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking about that, um, but. I mean, hey, it's hard for me not to pick Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I mean, and I think he's striking as elite. Um, Michelle Pereira uh, is extremely exciting. There's no, there's no way this fight won't be boring either. Um, I see Wonderboy late second round, early third round finish. Pereira hangs tough, wins the first round, uh, gasses out as the fight continues, and Wonderboy gets signature win and remains uh, uh, in the mix for sure. So Michelle Pereira is on a five-fight win streak. 
Uh, he's coming off of a fight of the night, the split decision win over Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, he he's only has one finish in this five fight streak, though. Uh, he's ranked number fifteen. Yeah, I agree with you, Zan. I think Wonder Boy striking is just that much better. I know. I know this is another example of trying to feed an old lion to a younger lion. But Zan, they tried that in December with Stephen Thompson and Kevin Holland. And Thompson continued to prove him wrong. And Thompson is in a really interesting kind of situation in that he's probably looking at no more title shots. And yet he's continuing to fend off some of these guys who are, you know, up and coming, or at least is giving them some good competition <laughs> in a loss a la Gilbert Burns. So Wonder Boy's in a really unique kind of situation. And Zan, the UFC is probably thanking its lucky stars that Leon Edwards won the trilogy with Kamara Usman. Because you think about how Usman's cleared out the division. Had Usman won that trilogy, Zan, I, I talked about it, it was crazy talk in December, but putting out there because it was the fresh matchup, they may not have had a choice but to do Usman versus Wonderboy. Yeah, and they're probably grateful that that is no longer happening, or at least I don't know that for certain, but it, but it definitely makes things more interesting now that you have this scenario Again, I like Wonder Boy in this fight. As you mentioned, Ferrer, five-fight win streak, biggest fight of his career, good learning experience for him. I think he just folds a little bit late. I think he loses, but it'll be definitely an entertaining fight and has and, and will have the potential for maybe one of like four performance bonuses, depending on how well this card does. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, two, two other fights we wanted to discuss. Uh, Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. I'll tell this you, I'll, could, I'll, I'm not even going to Zan, this fight should not be happening. I cannot believe Tony Ferguson is fighting again. This, to me, Zan, is just old yeller. I, I hate to be that harsh, but old yeller him. I think Bobby Green is knocking Tony Ferguson out. Yeah, this is going to be a horrible sight to see. Uh, truly, uh, if you go back a couple of months ago, we went into a deep kind of like a post-mortem of Tony Ferguson's career after his recent legal troubles. This is a downright mistake. Number one by the Utah Commission and number two by the UFC even letting this fight happen given all the circumstances that are going on. Will without a doubt be the biggest name that Bobby Green has ever defeated um, to this point. But yeah, I like Bobby Green in the first round. This fight won't be close. Um, I'd like to be wrong. I'd like to see Tony Ferguson put on a vintage performance, but similar to all the other legends of the past, uh, this is not going to go well. And I think he's going to actually, I'm, I'm going to say it right now, I think we're going to be talking about a retirement for Tony Ferguson on this time next week when uh, when he loses his fight. And I want to be wrong, I really do. I just don't see the, his fight going well, and I think it's going to be the conclusion of a really sad downfall. But that's all, that's all, I, that's all I really want. I need to say on that before we move on. I agree, and all I want to say is I hope Regardless of what happens in this fight, Tony Ferguson ends this fight by laying his gloves in the octagon for his own health and safety. Agreed. All right. One other fight opening the main card, Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland. There's not too much to the prelims. I mean, Miranda, there are some decent names on the prelims. Miranda Maverick, Derek, uh, the Black Beast Lewis. Uh, it'll be interesting, but only if I really <laughs> want to mention at this point right now is Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland because we got so much else that we got to get through. Uh, my concern, Zan, is it's been two years since Michael Chiesa fought in the octagon. 
Yeah, he's been out for a while with uh, with various complications, mostly due to injury. He's, if I'm not mistaken, you can correct me. And that I just think it's been hard for him health-wise and also him not get, getting fights. Is that is that correct? Correct. And mm-hmm. I just don't know, you know, I don't think Kevin Holland is a bad return fight, but no, I think it's going to be still a little bit of a challenge. Kevin Holland can be very dangerous. I think he has to survive the distance. I just don't think he's getting the win. I'm going to go Holland by unanimous decision. Yeah, I'm taking Kevin Holland too, and I'm sure he wants to bounce back after not performing well in Vegas last fall against Hamzat when that whole situation occurred, and I'm sure that he wants to continue his trajectory to get back to the 2020 version of his old self. So I am with you. I will take Kevin Holland. A decision overall, a very solid card. And, and 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 we normally don't like to do this before cards, but this is a solid nine out of ten card going into the pay per view. Let's hope it meets the expectations of you and I and everybody else in the MMA community, because I think I speak for you and thousands of others. We cannot wait for this card. Yeah, I'm gonna say about seven point five to eight out of ten, only because I I, I just I don't really want to see this Tony Ferguson fight. It, it's it's gonna be a horrific sight. It's a fair fair take. All right. The other big fight this weekend, Zan. The undisputed welterweight title. Yes, it's actually happening in boxing. Sound the alarms. An undisputed champion is going to be crowned. Welterweight title. You got Earl Spence, who has the IBF, WBA, Super, and WBC championships. And then you got Terrence Bud Crawford, the WBO champion. Two of the Zan, do you think all this time ago we had Spence, we had Crawford, we had Denny Garcia, we had Manny Pacquiao, we had Ugas, and now Zan, we're down all these years later to two. There, so shout out to Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford. Um, shout out to Earl Spence advocating for the fans. Um, I tweeted my excitement and for the fight, saying that I purchased it. He retweeted and liked it. So shout out, <laughs> shout, shout out Earl Spence for that. And uh, as you know, I don't really like to purchase pay per views very often, but I am very excited for this one. Um, without a doubt, the biggest boxing match of the year that isn't a heavyweight fight, uh, no question. And I'm going to say this is my Midwest bias taking over here, but I'd really like to see Terrence Crawford win. I'd like to see him win all of the titles. Um, this is going to be a great fight. I see this going about 10 rounds. I see Crawford finishing Spence Jr. late. But either way, no matter who wins this fight, I think the biggest winner in this fight is going to be the fans. Because, again, a common theme on this episode this week is that not a single fight this weekend Maybe minus Tony Ferguson versus uh, versus Bobby Green is going to be boring, and uh, this one also fits that description. And uh, and if you haven't gotten tickets, you probably won't get tickets 
His prices are ranging from four hundred dollars to ten thousand. I'm not. I'm not joking about that. It is going to be the most expensive ticket in Las Vegas on Saturday, and it is going to live up to the hype one thousand percent. Eight p.m. Eastern start for those who do not know. San, you're definitely right a lot about a lot of things. I agree with you on most of it. I think it's going to be exciting. I think that it's going to be an absolute back and forth clash. These two very experienced. These two definitely know how to take a punch. These two definitely, you know, will go to hell and back. I used that phrase already in this episode. I say it again here. This is one of those fights that's going to be exciting. Could fall either way. Uh, I just think the fact that Earl Spence has been able to get all these belts and the fact that Earl Spence has been able to take on the likes of Pacquiao and uh, I think he, he and Sean Parter had an absolute classic at the end of 2019 that I purchased yeah. and I was thoroughly yeah. enjoyed. I, I, that I thoroughly enjoyed. They so, sure did. Given all of that, I think Spence has just a little more experience, a little more chin, just a little more that I think, I think he and Crawford actually both make the distance. I think Spence wins the decision and becomes the undisputed champ. All right. Well, uh, let's hope there's no controversy, but knowing that it's Las Vegas, we are going to be debating a hotly contested decision next week. I can almost 99.9% guarantee it. Early so, early preview of next week's episode. Marson gets in its own way again, even when the fight is actually legitimate. Um, no, no, no further context for that. Yeah, no, no, no. I was, I was going to say, you know, for once, I didn't have to put that banner up. And then you mentioned the judging. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. No, if this goes to a decision, we're going to have to put it up. Who am I kidding? For sure. And then on the other side of the world, a couple hours later, the other major MMA card taking place is a Bellator Ryzen collab. This is the second time they've done this. Some pretty massive fights. I might add some fights that have been going under the radar. We have AJ McKee taking on Patricky Pitbull. And of course, we have a whole other host of great fights too, but th- this one just smells absolute fireworks. Um, two of the best Bellator homegrown fighters in their prime. This fight had to happen at some point. We're now getting it. I'm taking AJ McKee to win in the third round by TKO. What do you What do you think? Hey, we talked about San the rivalry between McKee and the Pitbull brothers. AJ McKee ended Patricio's reign as uh, the Bellator champion. In the feather in the featherweight Grand Prix, and then he was able to uh, Patricky was able to get the belt back. Controversial decision, which ended McKee's undefeated streak. And now we don't get a trilogy. Instead, McKee gets to face the brother. By the way, again, this is a tight. This is a Grand Prix uh, tournament fight. The winner will take on Alexander Shabili, Shabili, and whoever wins between Shabili and the winner of this fight will get to meet. Usman Nurmagomedov over Brent Primus for the Undisputed Championship. Granted, as long as everything with Bellator plays out in that way, we don't know what's going to happen given the story that we opened today's show with. Something uh, tells me on a positive note that this Grand Prix will get through unscathed, and hopefully we won't have to worry about that. Ho- yeah, hopefully, even, the, even if in the case of the absorption, Hopefully, uh, PFL, you stick through and, you know, make sure you finish the tournament for Bellator. If I can ask yeah. for a favor. <laughs> we, would, we would hope so. It would give uh, 
all of us a lot more opportunities to see a lot more uh, great fights. That's for that's for sure. That being said, I think McKee kind of has a feel on what you know the Pitbull brothers have to offer. Petruki might have you know that nature from his brother, you know, an understanding of McKee's game plan. But I think McKee, having fought Patricio twice, is going to help him here. Zen, I am going to. I'm going to agree with you. Either in the third round or in the second round, I see McKee getting a finish. Okay, so you so you agree so you agree with that, um, for sure. So we are we are both picking McKee. That, that, that's great, and uh, it'll definitely make for a phenomenal uh, semifinal whenever that does take place, and Bellator can continue to move right along. Uh, let, let's talk about this co-main event. Longtime Japanese veteran. Koji Horiguchi, it seems like we say his name a couple of times a year around these sort of events, taking on Bakado uh, Shinru, who you've been high on for quite a few years. What do you think? What do you think of this fight? And do you think this has the makings to be an instant classic? Because I, pers- I, I personally do. For those who don't know uh, Shinru, he has won all but one of his MMA fights. His only loss came to Tatsumi Tuwada, which is not a bad loss. He's a veteran of deep impact. Uh, he actually has competed on a couple of Ryzen cards before. Defeated Hideo Tokoro, uh, Ryzen, I think it's 41, double-checking here. Yeah, Ryzen 41, defeating Daichi Kitakata. Um, that being said, you know, I think Kyoji Horiguchi, he has the Bellator, he has the Bellator experience in Zan. This is actually his weight class. Before... He was the dual champion of both Bellator and Ryzen at Bantamweight. Kyoji Horiguchi fought at Flyweight. So he's very experienced. Makoto, however, is only 23 years old. He's definitely going to have the youth on his side. I just think, Zan, this is one of those cases that experience will triumph over youth. And I think Kyoji Horiguchi will be champion once again, a la the inaugural Bellator Flyweight champion instead of 135-pound champion. Uh, very, very, very well said. There's nothing that I don't disagree with, and no doubt about it, a perfect co-main event to a card that is a lot of crossover appeal. Very solid analysis there. We are both picking Horiguchi. Running through these fights really quick. A lot Sleeper of bad- fight. Zan, we might be so focused on the UFC card and the main and co that we have Danny Sabatello, the loud elf on this card, and he's taking on Magomed Magomedov. Like, that's insane. He's talked some crazy shit over, over the last year and a half about how badly he wants to beat this guy up, and now he has a chance to do it on Saturday. There's no way hey, this fight isn't boring either, but unfortunately for Sabatello, I think Magomed outwrestles him and actually wins a decision. So there you, there you go. I think, I, I think Sabatello's a good wrestler. I've talked to Sabatello in the past. It's just a matter of saying Magomed Magomedov, I mean, really, is I mean, you think Zen his only real loss that we've seen that we've got to concern was against Rafion Stotts, who ends up being an interim champion. So, I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. And I, I think Magomed Magomedov is just he's so good at wrestling. He's so good with the Dagestani style. And it, it's just going to be too much for Sabatello and his American style of wrestling. I'm going to go with Magomedov by decision. I agree with you. Yeah, I think he out-wrestles him. I think he outboxes him. And I think he wins a clear 30-27 unanimous decision. At least, at least two rounds to one. 
maybe a 29-28, but for sure it'll either be 30-27 or 29-28 for, for Magomed on Saturday. All right, women's MMA fans, pay attention. This is the fight you for you. Kana Watanabe and Veda Ortega. My God. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a hardcore women's MMA fans pipe dream. Um, I'd say Kana wins by submission. What do you What do you think? Yeah, I I definitely like that pick. Kana Kana is very good with her submissions. For those of you who are grappling fans, I know there's not a lot of grappling fans in mixed martial arts. It seems if you weren't able to tell by the Pantoja Moreno uh, controversy a few weeks ago, but. I mean, I like the grappling abilities of Kana Watanabe. And Zan, you look at the two losses Kana's had in Bellator. I mean, she's only three and two of the promotion. Not exactly a great record, but her only losses, Zan, are to Liz Carmouche and Alima Lay McFarlane. And one of them, the Alima Lay fight, was a split decision. So you got to give credit where credit is due. Again, Kana, you know, is a tough fighter. And I think she might be too much for Veda. And I think she gets it done by submission. Okay, so we both agree on the same wavelength. There, there's no way, again, again, another common theme. There's no way this hey, doesn't start either. There's this this card, and we're talking about all the cards that are elite, this card is looking very, very much elite as well. And th- this is another awesome uh, addition to it in a fight that people may be sleeping on, as you said, when we when we first introduced it. Yeah, for sure. Also rounding out Zan, a battle of a battle of some welterweight uh, contenders. Actually, I, isn't Koroshikov a former champ? In yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lorenz Larkin uh, isn't, but he has come close to the Bellator welterweight title before. But I, I like this fight to open up the card. Andre Koroshikov, Lorenz Larkin, give uh, the Japanese crowd a taste of a pure Bellator fight. For sure. Um... Unfortunately for Lorenz Larkin, I actually think he gets knocked out. What do you what do you what do you think? Really? Yeah. Why I do. That? I don't know. I just think every single time I've watched Kurzkov, his striking has gotten significantly better. And I just think he's one of those welterweights that Bellator's been sleeping on for a long time, and this could be another oh, signature win against the long time. I forgot. This is actually a rematch. I forgot. They faced off in 2019. And mm-hmm. Arkin got the win by split decision. Yeah, I think Gershkop is going to come out with the vengeance, and I don't see how he doesn't finish him. I mean, this fight's going one of two ways, Dan. It's going to be Gershkop by a finish, or Lorenz Larkin by a decision. And I might disagree. I might go the other way. I'm going to go Larkin by a decision. Interesting. Okay. I think I think Larkin is gonna. I know that was a bit of a controversial decision the first time around, but I think Larkin's gonna make the adjustments that he needs. Okay, fair, fair take. Again, another fight that could go either way. A potential fight of the night candidate for sure. Uh, definitely a coin flip. If you're a hardcore MMA fan, could definitely see it going either way. Okay, two fights. So that's the Bellator portion of the card. That will begin at 11 p.m. Eastern time. And will air live on Showtime. However, afterwards, the you the uh, seven or eight fights afterwards will be Ryzen exclusive. You have to order on the pay, internet pay per view to watch them. But I do want to talk about two of the fights, Dan. One of them being, well, actually, there's I think two fights that 
will involve some Bellator talent, but one of them, Zan, is going to involve Guan Archuleta, the former uh, Bellator Bantamweight champion, who goes for the vacant Ryzen Bantamweight championship against Kaya Sakura. Yeah, Kaya Sakura is, uh, is no, is no, oh, Splash, don't, don't sleep on this fight either. Um, I, I don't, I don't see this fight going the distance. What do you, what do you think? Uh, no. And I think Zan, it's because part of it is because I think this fight's going to be under Ryzen rules. So you're going to have the longer first round. Well said, because isn't that longer first round, like a 10 minute first round or something? Basically pride rules. Yeah. Yeah. This fight is not going to be boring either. I like one Archuleta to win, but I think it'll, I think it'll go the distance. I think Kaya Sakura is going to give him a challenge, but I think Juan Archuleta is going to be able to hold his own and get a finish. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be in the first round. I think it's going to be early in the second. Okay. I'm going to go Juan Archuleta early second round finish. Okay. And then the other fight to make mention of is the uh, other the other fights make mention of I think there's three title fights, but this is the one that caught my eye. The Ryzen Super Atomweight title. Seika Izawa is taking to take on Claire Lopez. Again, women's MMA fans, here's one for you. And shout out to Drake Riggs. Because if you go look up Drake Riggs, who's one of our friends and former colleagues, he definitely, you know, he's an expert with women's MMA. And he certainly is going to have a nice detailed breakdown of this fight. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think Izawa's going to win and I think it'll be by decision. And I think she keeps her undefeated streak alive. And, uh, I just think her, her dominance in every facet of, of MMA, I think is going to be the difference in this fight. Good learning experience for Claire Lopez. Claire Lopez has been around for quite some time now. Um, but I think this is going to be one of her many opportunities that she will have, over the next few years, when it comes to cracks at the belt, what do you what do you think? Yeah, Izawa's going to be too much. I I think uh, Izawa gets. I don't know. I'm I'm stuck between late first and early second. Okay, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna see second round. All right, so second round finish. She retains the championship. So again, that the Bellator portion of the card airs live on Showtime, 11 p.m. Eastern. And then the Ryzen card will follow on internet pay-per-view. And then, Zan, just because we have uh, a former guest who's been on this show on the Empty the Bench Network, uh, let's talk about Los Sanquita. He and Mate Sanquita are finally going to meet the undisputed featherweight title. Obviously, Mate is the current featherweight champ. Los Sanquita is the lightweight champ. He ended up winning an interim fight the first time that this fight fell through to become interim champ. So Losankiewicz is already a champ champ, but he's a champ interim champ. He needs to win the fight to be undisputed full-on champ champ. Yeah, for those that have been following this potential fight for a while, this fight was supposed to happen in April, and uh, and it did not happen for various reasons that Losankiewicz in conversations with him um, on on recording and on off recording, and I can I can say this with confidence. Uh, th- this fight is not happening for circumstances that really did piss him off, and oh, and now he feels like he can shut um he can shut Santa Kise's mouth once and for all before moving on to the next stage of his career. This fight won't suck either. A lot of bad blood cannot uh, cannot wait for the weigh-ins. Sucks. It's all 
all the way on the other side of the world because it's a fight that that I think deserves a lot more love. Um, Cage is going to win by flying knee knockout in the second. <laughs> <laughs> I like first you're predicting the exact time of a fight, and now you're predicting the exact move of a fight. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't see with with how with how much pent up frustration, trash talk, and anger that Kieta that uh, Kieta has for this man. Uh, th- there's no oh way he's not going to want to come out to the center of the octagon literally and start pummeling him. Uh, I don't I, I don't I don't you know Kieta doesn't 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 walk away uh, a new uh, a new champion. That being said, San, I agree with you. Kieta's second round finish. Okay. All right, that is going to do it for this portion of episode 47. Make sure to tune in tomorrow. Let me get the banner up. Yeah, tomorrow, episode 47, part two, featuring Dylan Rush of Cage Side Press. He will come on the program tomorrow, July 26, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, to discuss the story that he broke on Cage Side Press about the potential fate of Bellator MMA and Bellator 300. So we will discuss that. We will discuss the vacant title situation with the UFC and its light heavyweight division. We'll discuss Israel Adesanya facing Sean Strickland at 293. Did I not call it, Sam? Did I not call it two weeks ago that that was going to happen? You did. You definitely called it, and I will give you all the credit in the world. That's another That's another uh, W in the pocket for you, Tom. So kudos to you on that. Yeah. Uh. So we'll talk about we'll talk about those things. We'll talk about Connor and another controversy he's in. And Nate Diaz is teasing a return to the UFC after this Jake Paul fight next week. Good oh, grief. Yeah, and uh I'm sure we'll be talking about that much more when we preview the inevitable fight that is Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz from Dallas, Texas at the American Airlines Center, which I will be, be fully back for. So stay stay tuned for that. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, that's going to be next week, Sam. Next week, we're going to recap everything we talked about this week, and then we got to preview Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul. 1,000%. Well, thank you all uh, for tuning in to part one. Again, stay tuned um, for part two with Tom's exclusive uh, with Dylan Rush for Cage Side Press. A little plug for him since I will not be on uh, that portion. You could follow him everywhere at Rush MMA 11. He's one of the best rising stars and all of MMA media. If you don't know his work now, you definitely will know his work in a couple of years. Before me and Tom get out of here, be sure to like and subscribe. Be sure to share the show all across social media. You can follow the network at ETP Network. My name is Zambando. You can find my work over at BJPen.com. I'm a staff writer there. And for the moment, assuming nothing goes absolutely crazy, I am still a Bellator Rankings panelist, and I hope that if there is some sort of merger, I can and continue that role uh, with whatever that new promotion is going to be called. Um, and then, of course, uh, you, you have Tom over to my left. He's a contributor over to Fanside and MMA and, of course, contributes to the PFL website. He's going to be a busy man starting in a couple of weeks when the playoffs finally begin. Oh, then we got a preview to San Antonio card next week, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. And make sure, by the way, you hit the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell for those of you watching on YouTube. Follow, find us on the audio-only platforms. And if you're already listening on the audio-only platforms, make sure to uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Check out our video feed. We're at 420 subscribers right now. Blaze it. Uh, And then, of course, you can find us on social media 
at Thomas Gialvano, at Zanvito99, at MMA Outsiders ETV, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on X. And on X. Yeah, I, I, and, and, I, and I apologize if I have said Twitter. Any you Twitter didn't. Twitter you Twitter didn't. Okay. You didn't. I just, we never mentioned any, we just said social media platforms. This goes X. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, uh, th- this is a this is a non thank you shout out uh, to Elon Musk. Uh, no, one, no one, uh, no one supports this, but that is another conversation for another day. Uh, th- thank you, thank you again for tuning in, and uh, and stay tuned for part two. Uh, and that when that releases on Wednesday as well. All right, for Zan, I'm Tom. I'll see you for part two tomorrow. Zan and I will be back next week to do all the recapping of everything. And of course, I'll be around for tough and for tough enough tonight after tonight's tough episode. So a lot to look forward to. See you next time. Take care, everyone. Take care.